Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We're in our 19th year here. Uh, on this program, which is wonderful. Started almost when Voice America began. So um, excited to be here and to bring you such amazing guests. Today we have such an interesting topic. We're talking right now to the publisher of this book, Tales of the Holy Mysticat, Jewish Wisdom Stories by a Feline Mystic. And (laughs) And my guest is Maggie Anton. And she is the publisher of this wonderful book, and hopefully we'll have Raquel Adler come on soon. Maggie um, joined a woman's Talmud class, taught Raquel Adler in 1992, where fascination with the Talmudic scholar Rashi and his lack of sons inspired her to write an award-winning trilogy, Rashi's Daughters. She's also the author of the national finalist award, Rob Hizda's Daughter, Apprentice, and its sequel, Enchantress and the Ben Franklin Award for Religion, Fifty Shades of Talmud, what the first rabbis had to say about you-know-what. She has lectured throughout North America and Israel about the history behind her novels. Welcome, Maggie. Oh, thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm so uh, honored and pleased to be on your show. Good, and we are now joined by Raquel Adler, the author of Tales of the Holy Mysticat, and she's the David Ellenson Professor of Modern Jewish Thought at Hebrew Union College, the Jewish Institute of Religion in Los Angeles. She's the author of Engendering Judaism and the first book by a female theologian to win a National Book Award for Jewish Thought. Rabbi Adler has a PhD in Religion and Social Ethics from the University of Southern California, rabbinical ordination from Hebrew Union College. Welcome, Raquel. Welcome. Thank you. All right. So um, I think I want to ask um, Maggie, Tales of the Holy Mysticat. Uh, well, this, Rachel did not intend for this to be a book. The, the short chapters are actually um, Facebook posts that she wrote about her um, interesting, unique cat over a period of uh, quite a few years, and I was following them. And, and enjoying them greatly because they're, they're kind of, they're, they're humorous as well as educational. And I'm a cat uh, person. And then all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, the cat was, was old. Uh, when, when the cat uh, died, I couldn't help but think that, wow, this would make a great little book if, um, you know, if we took, if, if someone took the, the various little stories and, and arranged them and edited somehow. And it was just a fantasy of mine. I just really thought they were so wonderful I wanted to get them out there. And uh, uh, Raquel was not, <laughs> let's put it this way, she, at the beginning, she was not interested. I, uh, I twisted her arm gently and, and said that my small press that I still had after publishing the first Rashi's Daughters uh, volume, you know, almost 20 years ago. And so 
I think just to stop me from bugging her, uh, she agreed. And we also, um, we had, as it turns out, the editor, my editor, freelance editor that I had used for all of my novels, it must have really gotten to her. She became a rabbi, Beth Lieberman. But she's still an editor and worked for uh, various Jewish presses. And she volunteered her editing skills. And some of Rachel's rabbinic students uh, volunteered to help with the, the glossary and the appendixes and things uh, mm. that, that are yeah. at, at the end. So this is really a, a group um, in, endeavor. And thankfully, Rachel had still had saved all the Facebook posts because she had mm-hmm. written them like in Word documents to begin with. So we didn't have to reconstruct it from uh, ancient Facebook uh, yeah. files. Yeah, so I it, know it, that... Uh, let me ask you about the cat. Uh, from the first time uh, that Maggie met the cat, um, she said he was Jewish. And how do you... Raquel how do you, met the cat. Actually, I never met the cat. <laughs> right, that's what I said. I said when Raquel met the cat, when she met the cat. Yep. What, you know, how, how do you know... How did she know that uh, he was Jewish? How do you spot the Jewish cat? Well, in in her case, it was rather obvious because as soon as she brought the cat home, um, he uh, apparently, rather than running to the food bowl or something like that, he immediately he went into her study and was investigating all of her um, Jewish books in there and rubbing up against them and purring and very acting very happy and. Uh, excited at with seeing her uh, light candles on Shabbat and doing and seeing other Judaic in the house and so, so that was that was a first clue or one of the clues and then she noticed that at midnight the cat he, would go to the window and do all kinds of vocalizations not not your normal meow that uh, that he would say to her but all these other things, and uh, at various okay. other times of the day, he was praying. Oh, that's amazing. Raquel, so well, talk, to, talk to us about the cat. Yes. Um, well, uh, you know, animal behaviorists say that a cat can make up to 100 different sounds. Uh-huh. Uh, and the only thing that the cat ever said to me was, meow, uh, but the other 99 sounds he was making at the window. Um, and uh, I finally figured out that he was praying, but with a different set of phonemes than I would use. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Do you believe that, um, Raquel, do you believe that animals are innately spiritual? I think it's hard to say uh, what any complex creature is innately. Uh, I mean, uh, because we uh, we all have the impact of relationships and experiences. But if you read the book of Psalms, uh, you'll see that the premise of the book of Psalms is that all things pray, trees and plants and hills and oceans. So... Um, uh, uh, it's not. It was not surprising to me that the Mister Cat would pray. It was very traditional. Mm-hmm. Raquel, how does this tie in 
to spirituality, you know, what's the message? What's the message? What is it you want the listeners to get from this tale, if you will? Well, this is a way of holy play. Um, And if you were a Talmudist, uh, the, the notion of holy play wouldn't surprise you um, because that's what Talmudists do. Um, and sometimes they tell jokes while they're doing it. Sometimes they use metaphors. Sometimes they tell stories. So um, uh, that's very much uh, what I was doing in the book. Um, So, I mean, if you're the kind of person who reads Aesop's fables um, and and is troubled by how could a tortoise and a hare run a foot uh, race and how could they communicate with one another, then the the Mystic Cat tales are not going to strike you as amusing, though only strike you as foolish or troubling, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you, uh, if holy play is a category for you, then you can just be delighted by the Mysticat tales. (laughs) And learn things, just like Aesop's fables. Yeah. Yeah, and I know um, off air you told me, Maggie, that this was a group effort between both of you and that you kind of, um, you know, encouraged Raquel (laughs) to write this. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I, you know, as I was reading them, I I mean, I looked for, not all of Raquel's Facebook posts would be about the Mysticat. And so whenever a new one showed up, I was very... uh, very excited and pleased to uh, to see it, and it was only quite later when um, uh, Fifty Shades of Talmud had already come out and 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 done well, and I wasn't uh, finished with the the novel that I was writing. That it occurred to me this would be a great project. And it was it was also my way of um, of thanking Rachel for getting me involved in Talmud to begin with thirty years ago. I mean, this way I could, you know, kind of play it forward and thank her, you know, in a in a way that might actually be significant to uh, you know to the Jewish world, either not just send her bouquets every month or something. So I, I, but I must admit, it it took a, uh, uh, it took some arm twisting um, (laughs) in in order to, because she thought the whole thing was quite a silly idea. Well, obviously, it's really caught on, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about the importance of mystic sharing and writing about their communications and, and visions um, and more about the tales of the Holy Mystic Cat with Rabbi Raquel Adler, Adler and Maggie Anton right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The special needs community is made up of many individuals, from children with Down syndrome to autism and ADHD issues to those who may have suffered a brain injury. On More Than Special, host Jermaine Suford and her guests explore topics that are of interest to special needs children and adults. Our program is a forum for parents, caregivers, and experts to come together to discuss relevant topics. Listen every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back and you are listening to the patricia raskin positive living show my guests are raquel Adler, Rabbi Raquel Adler, who is the author of Tales of the Holy Mysticat, Jewish Wisdom Stories by a Female Mystic. And her Feel publisher... Like <laughs> Did I not say... I, you know, I think I'm saying these words right and they're not coming... I said feline. <laughs> really? Uh, I, yeah, I did. I said did feline here, mystic. I, I don't know. female... And in fact, the Mystic Hat was a furry little sexist. Um, oh, he was, uh, you know, he had gone through all of these incarnations as a uh, human male uh, mystic, and uh, his consciousness had definitely not been raised. 
So we got well, to me. It's, it's good we said that, yes. For some reason, my words are not coming across right, but it's uh, Tales of the Holy Mysticat, Jewish Wisdom Stories by a Feline Mystic, <laughs> just to make sure we're right. And um, and what Rabbi Raquel Adler does is interpret her gray tabby's routine an unusual behavior through the lens of Jewish teachings and practices. And also she's joined by Maggie Anton, who um, is the publisher of this book and has worked with her and is also the author of several award-winning national Jewish award books. So between both of these incredible women, they're really sharing these stories. Now, I want to ask you both a question, because there's something in Judaism that I think it's applied everywhere. It's called the practical application of mitzvahs, which are divine commands in timely matters such as visiting the sick or protecting one's own health, uh, in which the mysticat had to be reminded when confronting the syringe of antibiotics. So my question (laughs) is, How do we do this, particularly now during COVID-19 and honoring social distancing? How can we do these mitzvahs or divine special commands? And both of you can weigh in on this, please. Well, the Mystic Cat didn't have a choice about going to the vet, Uh, whereas people, uh, you can't just shove them in a carrier and take them over there to get their vaccinations and (laughs) <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the oral antibiotics at home uh, that uh, uh, really were uh, a very um, vexed issue between me and the Mystic Cat. Um, the Mystic Cat had informed me that he, uh, in, in, uh, he intended to rely only about, uh, upon divine providence and uh, I had argued uh, Talmudically uh, that there was a very uh, long tradition of, um, uh, of using medical care, uh, and that included medication. Um, mm. it, it, it usually ended up in rather ugly confrontations in which I would argue my point and cite all the Talmudic passages and then um, try to um, uh, it, uh, it, to give the mystic cat the oral medication and he would bite me. Uh, mm. But that was the mystic cat's response to some other arguments as well. <laughs> Apparently yeah. he... Well, um, Yes, I, I mean he. W- uh, I would argue that um, uh, I would say to him that biting, in fact, is uh, uh, not a, uh, a a response to a reasoned argument, and then he would retort that coercion wasn't the response to a reasoned argument either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me let me go I back. Managed. Let me go back into the mitzvah part, which is how okay. does this tie into? Uh, sure you know, have doing good deeds, if you will. Well, in terms of health um, care. uh, You're talking about, you're talking as if um, they were all um, uh, interhuman deeds or, or, uh, but there, of course, are are divine commandments about the environment. There are divine commandments about um, uh, not engaging in wanton destruction there are commandments between human beings and God. 
those are commandments too. And there are things that you're supposed to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you too are a divine creation and need to be treated with respect. Okay. And, and, and protecting you. other people. I mean, thinking in terms of, I can't help but think in terms of COVID and the <laughs> astonishingly, well, anyway, astonishing number of people who uh, are not interested in protecting themselves or others and don't want to wear a mask, yet uh, mm-hmm. they do stop at, you know, they think, okay, if we stop at red lights uh, when we drive, that's a, a limit on our freedom and we're not allowed. I mean, it's illegal to get drunk and drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judaism would absolutely say that we are responsible for the community mm-hmm. and that uh, we need to protect everyone and to save one life is like saving the whole, uh, the whole world. So... Yeah, I want to ask you this. You know, when you think about your book um, in terms of this wonderful tale, you know, of Tales of the Holy Mr. Cat, and you think about concrete symbols in sacred rituals. Now, in, in Judaism, there's tefillin. In other religions, there are other things, you know, involving light or lighting candles. So... Um, How important do you think now, I want to bring this to where we are now because we're in 2020 and we actually are in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of people are afraid and, you know, and it's it's been tough because there's been a lot of isolation. How can we use some of these symbols, um, you know, to help us, to help us uh, with our hope and with our belief? For, for me, the symbols are immensely important. Um, the symbols are uh, a kind of doorway um, into the sacred. Um, and especially now that I can't be in a community to pray, those mm. doorways are immensely important. Lighting my candles, um, uh the the ritual of the tefillin, uh, putting on the the tefillin, my my talit, my prayer shawl, these these are um, these are immensely immensely impo- important, um, and um, and and the um, the music, um, being able to sing and chant. Uh, Mm. Those are immensely important to me now, because Mm -hmm. otherwise, how would I, how would I make contact with the divine? Yeah. Yeah, these are good points. Maggie, your comments? Uh, Well, in one of the great mitzvahs in, in Judaism, and I bring it up because Rachel has two uh, chapters, segments on this um, in Hebrew, Bikur Holim, visiting the sick or comforting the sick. This is a mitzvah and, and an important one. And the Mysticat um, performs this mitzvah with Rachel. And whether, she, you know, I don't know if you, if you want her to read anything from the book that's, that's in there. But also, right now, we can't really go to hospitals, we can't go visit people who are sick, and a lot of them are sick, and a lot of people are, everybody pretty much is worried about getting sick. So we, I mean, I've taken a ritual upon myself 
of making sure that I call um, my various friends who otherwise I would see at synagogue or see at various social things and just call them and make sure, you know, how are you doing? How's your family doing? What's, you know, just make that connection that that the uh, the rabbis knew was so important that a sick person needed um, comfort, needed the human, you know, the, not necessarily medicines, but needed other people's care. And by that I mean to care for, to, we care about them. We care for them, but we also care about them. Mm. And so that's, uh, that's what I particularly... Um, uh, impressed with at, in terms of today and getting through mm-hmm. um, all our anxieties and so many of us have, have gotten sick or know people who've gotten sick. So that's, uh, that's a mitzvah you don't really hear about too much in, you know, when Jews talk about mitzvahs, we just take it for granted that we're going to be able to visit the sick and comfort mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But this also uh, can extend been, I, to all faiths, right? This doesn't, doesn't just have to extend uh, to Judaism, but all faiths. I mean, this is so important of doing these kinds of things. Uh, Raquel, your thoughts? I, I was just going to add that um, I have recently been a part of two um, uh, healing circles on Zoom. Um, yeah for colleagues who, who are sick. Um, and uh, they are, they're very uh, moving. Um, mm. And uh, just, it's one of the things that's so difficult now is, is doing this um, nurturing of the, of the sick um, and praying for their welfare. Uh, in if you were in synagogue, uh, you would during the Torah service. There's a special prayer that people make for for the sick, and we get up and we mention their names, and then it also serves as a kind of uh, uh, announcement to the community. Oh, so and so is sick and needs help, and maybe the caregiver needs help. Uh, And we don't have that anymore, but we do have these healing circles on uh, on Zoom. And and also I make commitments to say psalms for people who are sick, and I tell them that I'm saying a psalm a day for them or something like Mm. that. And at least they're they can be conscious that someone has them in mind and is praying for their welfare. Yeah, wonderful. On that note, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we will talk with Rabbi Raquel Adler. Her book is Tales of the Holy Mysticat, Jewish Wisdom Stories by a Feline Mystic. And Raquel Adler is the David Ellison Professor of Modern Jewish Thought at Hebrew Union College. Jewish Institute of Religion, Los Angeles campus. She is the author of Engendering Judaism, the first book taught by a female theologian to win a National Jewish Book Award for Jewish Thought. And with her is Maggie Anton, who published this book, 
And she uh, is also an author and has won the National Jewish Book Award, was a finalist for several books, and also the Ben Franklin Award for Fifty Shades of Talmud, Talmud, what the first rabbis had to say about you-know-what. So these two um, powerful leaders are with us today to talk about, you know, where mysticism really fits into our life. And particularly now during COVID-19 and 2020, where we're all uh, facing, um, you know, a lot of anxiousness and worry and, um, and often insecurity because we don't always feel safe. So we'll talk more to Raquel and to Maggie right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin, host of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, and we will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back right here, Patricia Raskin. The program is the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show in its 19th year. And we have two um, very uh, powerful and thoughtful women talking about, you know, what mysticism in religion in our life can do for us. My guest is Rabbi Raquel Adler. She is the author of The Tales of the Holy Misty Cat, Jewish Wisdom Stories by a Feline Mystic. And she is the David Ellison Professor of Modern Jewish Thought at Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, the Los Angeles campus. She's the author of Engendering Judaism, which is the first book by a female theologian to win a National Jewish Book Award for Jewish Thought. She's joined by the publisher of this book, Maggie Anton, who also is an author. She's won several awards, and she won the Ben Franklin Award winner for religion for Fifty Shades of Talmud, what the first rabbis had to say about you-know-what. So both of these women have lectured um, in this country, and we're talking about this wonderful tale, if you will, Tales of the Holy Mystic Hat. So I'm going to start with you, Raquel. If you could read something from your book that might, you know, is, is that is a nice, um, you know, parable or thought that can appeal to all humanity. The, the Mystic Cat Tales, I should say, the Mystic Cat Tales um, uh, are Jewish tales because uh, the Mystic Cat and I lived Jewish lives, and they're, they're governed by the Jewish year and Jewish obligations. Um, uh, but um, that's why we have a glossary and other appendices uh, to the book, so anybody can get the jokes. Um, for Jews... Uh, the, 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 the Mystic Cat stories are a learned way of playing with Judaism, which, as I was saying before, is a perfectly traditional pastime. Uh, but for people who aren't Jewish, I just want to say that this isn't an attempt at conversion, because Judaism would say that if you're a kind and loving person, you're fine just as you are. Um, uh, the uh, the Mystic Cat Tales are a kind of wacky way of giving people a window into how Jews and understand uh, understand and practice Judaism. Um, uh, I I myself am not a mystic. Uh, one of the jokes that runs through the tales is uh, the Mystic Cat is a mystic, and I totally don't get it. Um, uh, I, uh, the whole vocabulary of Jewish mysticism, uh, it doesn't work for me because I, um, as I said in, 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 in my book, Engendering Judaism, I'm in favor of messy theology. As soon as the system is too tidy, uh, it, it, to me, it's suspicious because reality is very messy. So um, I think I'm going to read you an extremely short story that everyone can relate to. It's called A Birthday Present. <laughs> okay. I know which one it is. So. 
Okay, go Blew ahead. Up his entire breakfast in honor of my birthday. Apparently, his intention was to give a gift right from the gut. But really, one of his toy mousies would have been prettier, more appropriate, and re- required far less cleanup. I suppose the personality of the mystic is calibrated toward excess, as William Blake says in his Proverbs in The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. The road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. That may be true, but the road is hard on the seeker, not to mention those who must accompany him on his journey. Hmm. So explain that to us from where, how we would look at that. Give us your interpretation. Okay, a lot of, this this is a tough one. I I am definitely not a a theologian. Um, and, And I agree with Raquel that the world is messy and we... A religion needs to take that into into account. Of course, uh, doesn't need to be as messy as the Mysticat's uh, uh, gift. Uh, um, but there's God. How do we explain? How do we? How do we, you know? What, well, you know how what, do we need you, a religion standing on one foot? Um, yeah. Could Could you put the question in a different? Yeah. Let me. You know, could let you me, frame uh, it let differently? Me, I'm, yeah. Let me. Yeah. Let me ask. Raquel, how would you explain this to a layperson? How would this, what you just wrote at read, which was beautiful, how does this relate? It's like, what's, what's the lesson from that? Well, it, I guess it was, for one thing, uh, the notion of the Mysticat throwing up as a birthday present is a kind of joke. Um, and, um, and I use that occasion uh, to... Uh, to do my own little critique about mysticism. Uh, uh, Certainly a lot of mystical practices are, you know, in my view, excessive. Uh, In one tale, uh, when I've offended the mystic cat and then I try to give him um, a cat treat as a way of making up, uh, the mystic cat uh, is uh, is infuriated, and he suggests, um, uh, you know, <laughs> things like um, penitential rolling in the snow. And I have to point out to him that in Los Angeles we don't have snow, and <laughs> moreover, um, that that's just not a a, a kind of uh, spiritual practice that I would do, although certainly the um, uh, 13th century Jewish mystics in Germany did uh, do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, um, uh, it's not, that's not the way I say I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, And we all need to say I'm sorry on occasion. (laughs) But uh, what you're saying is that it doesn't it doesn't always come out the way we want it to come out, I think is what is part of what you're saying, that this is part of life and, you know, mm-hmm. the cat doing that, that can happen. It may not come out pretty, <laughs> but, uh, but it's there and we need to look at it. Well, and also look at the, the message behind. I mean, what is the intention? I mean, Judaism is big on, the Hebrew word is kavanah, 
which is intent or intentions. And that is, and yes, also big on deeds. It's not enough to just sit around and, and think and, and pray. There, we do, there, there are the actions that should be done, must be done. But there's also the intention behind the actions. It's a, like on a balance, uh, they both, you know, too much on one side and you're falling off this cliff and too much the other side, you're doing, you, you need to have a balance of what you're thinking of doing or thinking about it, what's your intent when you're doing, when you're praying, when you're um, uh, sitting with someone who is, who is sick and mm-hmm. it's, Believe me, the Talmud has large arguments on intention versus mm-hmm. actually doing whatever deed it is. Do you get credit for the intention? Does does God care yeah, about your intention? Whether you, when when you do the right thing, does it matter why you did it? And like or, many or what if the, what if you what if you don't want to do it, but you do it? What if your intention isn't great? But you're doing it because you feel you have to. Uh, yeah, that every possible oh. debate between mm-hmm. intention and no intention, and good intentions and bad intentions. Uh, there are rabbis who are on that side. It's a, <laughs> uh, the whole human. I'd like um, to address that. Good. I'd like to address this point. Um, uh, a very good example of a place. Uh, where intention is really not that terribly important is the mitzvah of tzedakah, which, um, uh, you know, kind of correlates to uh, what Christians would call charity. Um, uh, it, it's, uh, tzedakah is, is actually better translated justice or righteousness. Um, and it means that you have an obligation to give some of what you have to people who are in need. And, and your, uh, your particular intention doesn't matter so much. Um, uh, the um, 11th century um, sage, uh, Maimonides, uh, uh, wrote a whole list of um, uh, various levels of of giving uh, uh, this uh, this uh, uh, obligatory um, uh, amount to people in need. Uh, the lowest level of it is you you didn't give as much as you should have, and you didn't give it graciously, mm-hmm. but. If you gave it, at least you're on the ladder. If you didn't give it, you're not on the ladder at all. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter so much if you uh, if you did it beautifully, or uh, even if you even if you didn't do it beautifully, and even if you didn't do it enough. The bottom line is some guy has the price of a hamburger that he didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And that, it, with some mm-hmm. mitzvot, with some um, uh, obligations, it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I want to bring this up and I'm, I'm, uh, this was actually said to me by someone who's extremely religious. And we were talking about someone who I don't think has strong character at all, but this person has done some good deeds. And I listed, you know, what I thought were the flaws in the character that were very strong. And the comment I got was, it was very interesting. The comment I got was, so someone who's flawed doesn't get credit for doing good deeds. In other words, in other words, maybe they're flawed, but they did some good things. So should we just push them away? Look at what they did that was good, even though they have a flawed personality. I'd love you both to comment on that, because that's a, that's a hard one. Because this person is very, very flawed, <laughs> and, you know. And so I, I I think it's an interesting concept. Um. I think there is a balance between being accountable and having it recognized that you're not always going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Human beings aren't perfect, but human beings are accountable. If, if if, If you weren't accountable you wouldn't really have human dignity. It would mean that what you did didn't matter. But what we do and, and, and what we do to one another in particular does matter. It matters immensely. So God is the only one who's perfectly just. Maybe God can manage uh, um, balancing uh, uh, somebody's great good deeds, you know, as, say, as an educator, um, as a creative person, against um, ugly deeds, uh, like um, uh, sexual harms. Uh, to people that one was teaching. I don't know how to balance those things. I know for sure that if I did something terrible and people decided that because of that, they were going to throw out the best things that I'd ever done, that, that seems to me very, very hurtful. That okay. seems to me unjust. Too. All right, all right. We've but, got three minutes left, so Nick, so okay. let's co- finish commenting on that, um, Maggie um, or uh, Raquel. Well, I Maggie, I'll go ahead. give my. Um, I also struggle with. Uh, well, I'm not perfect, and sometimes there's. Uh, I do a quote good deed um, without uh, the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still do it, and there's plenty of people who who give money to to charities and and to you know put their name in order to have their names on the buildings and uh, and be recognized that way. I I'm more of I go with Maimonides that the highest level of charity is or one of the highest levels is to give anonymously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, better to give somehow. And as for people who have done some awful stuff and, and, 
also some good stuff. It partly, of course, it depends on what order. I mean, someone who's um, who's done terrible stuff and then tries to make up for it, apologizes and tries to make up for it by doing good stuff. I have a a good deeds. I have a higher opinion of than someone mm-hmm. who was uh, doing good things and and then we discover all these evil things right. they were doing. All right, let me, we've only got two minutes now, so we have okay. very little time. So I want closing thoughts from both of you, but short, please, <laughs> only because we have only two minutes. Uh, your message in the Tales of the Mist, what do you want listeners to get and readers when they read this book? I'll start with Raquel, and then we'll close with Maggie, and again, two minutes, so go ahead. I guess I would say that what I want the reader to understand that play is that play can be holy and that play can be very, very serious. All right. Um, um, Maggie, what would you say? Um, I would say that uh, I would agree with Raquel that um, religion can be entertaining and and fun and, and serve a purpose that elevates us through enjoyment and, and getting our um, getting us into literally better spirits than, right. than we started. Thank you. Thank you both so much. And again, the book is Tales of the Holy Mysticat. And quickly, because I need to close just quickly, what would the website be for this? www.mysticattales, all one okay. word, and it's tales, T-A-L-E-S, dot, dot com. com. All right. And Thanks. that's how you find out a lot Thank more you. stuff. And, of course, that's Thank how you. you can buy copies online. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, thank you both. Stay on the line for a minute. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com and get my newsletter, which I'd love to share all my guests with you. And also, um, you can like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And for those of you who listen to podcasts and say, I'd like to do my own, contact me because I help people put their podcasts together after interviewing 5,000 people <laughs> over the years. All right, folks. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.